podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair for this special edition of the Man City Show. You will all have seen the Manchester City dream scene, the amazing painting that was done by the artist Jamie Cooper down in Australia. And I caught up with him last week and had a chat with him. And this is what he said. Well, let's now have a chat with Jamie Cooper, who is sitting in his studio in Australia. Um, Jamie, welcome to the Man City Show. Thanks, Nigel. It's nice to be with you. Um, all this way away. Absolutely. So where, where in Australia, to start off, where are you in Australia? Where are you speaking to us from at this very moment? Uh, I'm in Melbourne. Right, brilliant. So, it's so, almost the most southerly point of Australia. And I've actually been there actually many moons ago, so, uh, so lovely part of the world. Um, listen... I absolutely love and adore your painting. I think it's, as for any City fan, it is just absolutely magnificent. Just just give us a little bit of background on how the whole thing came about, Jamie. Um, well, I've been doing these historical-themed portraits for sporting organisations around the world for the last 20 years. But as you can hear by my accent, I'm based in Australia. Um, my father's from just outside Stockport in, in Cheadle Hume. So he's been a Man City fan since the 1940s. So I was brought up on these names. And he's been forever, since I've been doing this kind of work, he's been saying you've got to get over to Man City and have a chat with them. And um, and I eventually got there. But uh, my, my background is as a professional Australian rules footballer. And I started doing this sports-related artwork back then when I was playing and then after I retired. Um, and I've just sort of been very busy doing these these historical themes, well, non-stop for the last 20 years. So, so these iconic images that you're producing, just give us an idea of some of the other teams that, you, that you've done before we get on to the, the City one. Um, well, a lot, of the, a lot of the professional Australian football clubs here, I, that's who I started with, and then I branched out to rugby and cricket and then into the US, into baseball, so I got commissioned by the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Yankees, um, and then I sort of uh, made my made some connections in Spain, and Real Madrid commissioned me to do a piece, and then uh, eventually got myself to the UK, um, prodded by my father, and, um, and and got in touch with a few of the football clubs there. And in the last year and a half or so, I've, I've done four or five uh, pieces from rugby and, and and Premier League and Championship. So, so when you first approached City, we all know, obviously, 1894 um, is how far we go back, a sort of 150th anniversary coming up and all that sort of stuff. So, so a really important time for the club. You, when you very first approached them with this wonderful Aussie accent of yours, what, what, what was their reaction? <laughs> well, well I, I had an unusual introduction to the club um, through Melbourne City. Obviously, there's that connection there. Uh, when when Manchester City got involved with Melbourne City, they were co-owners with a um, the owner of a rugby league club here in Melbourne. Well, I know that owner, and I'd done work for the rugby league club, and I'd sort of come up with this unusual concept of putting players from all different eras together into one moment. And uh, I did one for the rugby league club here, and he said, look, this would work so well you know in English football you know with the history that they've got and the size of the clubs and he said uh, look I'm having a meeting with um, Ferran who is the CEO of Manchester City in a couple of weeks do you want me to present the idea so Mm -hmm. that's how it came about 
but that was three years ago. Uh, and he passed he passed it down the line to the licensing department, and that's who I have to deal with. And then it's an unusual concept, and it's a bit of a complicated concept. So six months of negotiations ended up in a stall just as we were about to get it over the line. He just said, oh, look, it's, it's, I'm really busy, and this is quite a complicated project. Let's just put it on hold, which it stayed for about a year. And then um, I said, look, I'm coming over. I said, I'm just going to come over and present to you because doing it via email it just isn't communicating the idea well enough. So I flew over with some four-metre-long canvases of my previous work. I took over the Phillies and the Yankees and a few of the Australian pieces and rolled them out on the boardroom table and said, look, here's, here can be all your heroes from throughout 125 years all brought to life into one moment. What do you think? And it was that that sort of got them all excited and that um, it rolled from there. I mean, I've seen lots on social media and, and, and lots of the City fans are talking about this. You've obviously got your own um, Instagram page and Facebook, which I, I follow avidly. Um, and a lot of the conversations, of course, are around, you know, who's in it, who shouldn't be, and who isn't it, in it, and, and, and those things. I've got my own favourites, of course, which I'm sure you've had these discussions. Yeah. But but I yeah. think from what you've said, and I've seen you interviewed before, it was the club that decided who went in, and, and a bit of your dad's input as well, as I understand it. Well, my dad said you've got to suggest this guy, this guy, this guy, but it was up to the club. But this this was not um, – I approached the club and, as you could imagine, someone from Australia who's got some weird idea about some strange piece of artwork, it's very difficult to get the attention of the decision makers in these enormous football clubs. Yeah, they're pretty busy running a global football industry, you know, business. So I, um, I just got the ear of one board member. Vicky, right, and um, she loved the idea, and she said the rest of the board members aren't going to have a clue what this is about. But I've seen it, and I love it. Uh, if you paint it, then we'll give you a license, and you can do the reproductions and do all that. And you know, we'd love to own the painting, but we'll just have a look. We'll just wait and see because they're not going to know what this is until it lands on their doorstep. So it it was her. And some historians around the club, Gary James, yep. who also had some input, um, Vincent Company. Uh, am, I, am, I right, am I right that Chappie as well, the, the kit man, had, had a say as well? Yes. David Clayton. Yep. Yep. Um, but a, a guy called, a lovely old fella called Bernard. Bernard, Holford, Bernard Holford, who was the secretary for many, many years. That's right. Yeah, so we talked to lots of people, um, but ultimately it was all of them just put this together and, and, and came up with a group. But what I want to say is that there's always – I've been doing this for 20 years and there's always controversy and conversation about who's not in it and uh, who is and who isn't. This, this is just supposed to be a symbolic gesture of the rich history of the club. Now, you, I'd have to do 10 paintings to do it justice and even then you're probably going to still miss out someone. So – it's not definitively voted as the best players of all time. All those guys on that painting are champions. Yeah. But there could be another 50 alongside them. Of course. And it, it's just, it's just a, a really romantic way of putting them all together from different times. And, and what I've tried to do is get them to tell stories. And, and it's truly wonderful. And we'll, we'll come on to some of the, the, I mean, it's almost the extra bits around it that, that I find so fascinating and so wonderful, as well as the images of all the heroes who we've followed over the years. Um, just, just 
still talking about the individuals who made it and did, who didn't make it. What, what, I'm just interested in the process. Did, was it a case of you saying, well, just tell me who they are or, 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 or who had the final say? It clearly was the club. But what, I'm just interested in the process and how long it took to actually come up with these players and, and why, you know, Paul Lake isn't there or Dennis Stewart, all these names that I'm sure would have been on the shortlist. You know, why, you know, why all those names and many of course. Uh, ultimately, it was the club. I don't know who had the final say. I don't know what criteria or how they devised it. I was just given... We started off with probably about 40 or 50 names yeah. that were just all thrown in. Yeah. And then and then over a period of probably four to six months, I think, uh, it was just whittled down, not by me. I was just eventually... I said, look, I need to start painting on this date, so by this time I need your definitive final. And then it was 25 players and, and administrators, managers, and then they said, oh, no, we really have to have this guy in. And then, oh, no, we, we can't do without that one. And then it bumped it up about another six players. Can, can, you share, can you share with us who those were then? Who were those people who maybe wouldn't have been in an earlier version? Can you remember some of the names who did make it? Who... Yeah, I can. I don't know whether it's going to – well, Paul Lake was one. Um, there were some guys who were really early on who I can't – Bernard was talking about them. And so was um, Gary James. And I can't remember all of them. One of them was a great, really good golfer and cricketer. Don't, um, don't, don't worry, don't worry. Early, early 1900s, early okay. 1900s. But okay. there, were, there, there were quite a few. I don't want to name names, no. really, because then it's just going to, I don't know. <laughs> but you probably know the people who, Pellegrini was one. Of course. He's been, he's been the big one. Yeah. The, the, the feedback from fans has been. But, you know, we could we could talk a lot about who's not in it, but to me, it's like it should just be a celebration of who is in it and, and see it for what it is. Don't don't see it as a definitive. Absolutely. Well, well I, I just want to share a little story with you. My, my dad, who, who before we started recording, I mentioned to you, he's 98 years of age and still a fanatical City fan and goes back obviously more than longer than most people. And I, as soon as I saw it, I described it to him. He actually honestly became quite emotional when, when I went through each. And I, and I can understand that as a City fan who's been watching it. And I said to him, OK, Dad, there are four goalkeepers in this picture. Um, just have a go and, and he said don't, don't, he said listen I'm 98 years of age you know I said dad have a go and he said well Frank Swift has got to be there probably Bert Troutman Joe Corrigan and Joe Hart and I said you've got all four spot on and he was he was really chuffed he was really pleased with himself um, but you know, Nigel, I've, I've had emails from people that the, the one I did for the Philadelphia Phillies is hanging up in their ballpark and the fans walk past it every day. And I get emails from – got one particular one that almost brought me to tears. And this guy said, look, I've had, you know, a hot and cold relationship with my dad for 50 years. Mm. And he's been following the Phillies since the 50s, 1950s. And I took him to the ballpark today and we stood in front of your painting for 20 minutes. And he relived his whole life of his love of this club and what it reminded of him of where he was when he was a kid, when he was loved this player and that player. And he started crying. Mm. And he said, and I bought this print for my dad for Father's Day. And again, he cried when I gave it to him because mm. I wasn't even giving him wallets and socks yeah. and things that don't really mean that much. And this was something that really touched him. And that's why I love doing it because I'm a football fan myself. And I, and, and being an ex-player myself, I do understand what a, a club means to its community yeah. and what a community means to its club. And, it's, and it is more than a game. You know, I did... Um, Sheffield Wednesday last year for their 150th anniversary. And, you know, 
and, and Liverpool, and I did Liverpool too, and I met a guy, a Liverpool fan, whose uncle died at Hillsborough. And for him, it's not a game of, it's not just a game of football. It's the whole community wrapped its arms around him and his family. So I love all that. I love that connection with fans and their club and all the stories that people remember. Absolutely. And perhaps this painting, they won't, some of the stories they won't know, so it'll be an education. I mean, some of the images are, are just iconic, of course, and, and whether it's Aguero with his shirt off or, or Mike Doyle with the League Cup in the 70s on his head. Um, the, the one that interests me is Dickoff, actually, because we remember him in that rather garish um, sort of fluorescent yellow and navy striped shirt on his knees. And, and clearly you've obviously made the decision everybody wears a sky blue shirt apart from the goalkeepers, and that's, I guess, a, a decision you made sort of early on rather than those. And Neil Young, Neil Young uh, the 1969 FA Cup final, but he's got a red and black scarf on, which kind of helps us sort of connect with that, which, is, which I think is a lovely touch. So, so, so Dickoff isn't on his knees. He's kind of in a slightly different pose. Thoughts about that? Did, the sky blue shirt, is that what you do for all your teams? It's always like the home colours, or is this something you just did for City? No, no, it's usually that way. Some clubs, well, I, it was just an aesthetic decision, really, because if you had everyone wearing... Because there are players that were significant in different games and, and different strips. And if you had them all in lots and lots of different strips, it would look higgledy-piggledy. I want it to look uniform. It's Man City. Yeah. So I think they should all be in their sky blue kit and just have reference to those moments. You know, I think it just works better as an image. Uh, I referred earlier on to some of these bits around the dressing room, which, which I mean, to, to me are just magnificent so i mean one of my favorites and and, and I, I kind of spotted this before i realized you, you bring out a booklet as well so if people buy the print or, or or buy the canvas which we'll come on to in a second and where people can get that from um you get kind of a, a descriptive um card if you like that, that talks there and then you're holding it up very good so the whole sort of uh, <laughs> flicking through it um i've had a look it's online a, a, but but yeah, well, what, everything that we're talking about now is in here is in that booklet it's a 20 page color booklet and I want people to be able to walk their way through this painting and, and understand all the little stories that are woven through it. So it's all described in that, yeah. Yeah. Because that's what this is about. It's about the stories. Exactly. And, and I mean, there are so many in there that we probably haven't got time to do them all. But I just think Mike Doyle's cut on his arm and the sky blue blood that is coming through his veins is just, to me, magnificent. And that's one of those well, emotions. Didn't he always... Didn't he always say that he was just a Man City fan that was lucky enough to play? Absolutely. And, and, and you know, he's born he, with an eyesight of the ground or something, and he's just always just always been in his blood. But he's always talked about someone who, if he bled, he would bleed, bleed sky blue blood, and you've incorporated that in the picture. And and I, and Micah Richards, who, interestingly, if I, if I were to question this picture, he's the one for me that probably doesn't trump, uh, you know, the Lakes and the Chewets and, and so on. But, you know, we, that's why you do this. This is while we're having this conversation but the fact he's holding a bar of soap and you have to rem remember and I remember I'm sure it was Aston Villa where he scored and it was live right. on television and he swore and of course it was reported later that his mother said wash your mouth out with soap and water Mike I, I believe is the story and just to see him there sitting in the dressing room with his bar of soap we do you want us to share any of the others with people who maybe either haven't seen the picture or haven't picked up some of the, yeah. the, the these there's, lo there's lots of them and there's some you know that I had to take out because I, I put them in as my own my own little creative license. But Go on, share, share some of those with us. Come on, which which are those? Well, which came out? Yeah, yeah, Torre and Richard Dunn are sitting together, and Yaya's got a finger pointing at Richard. Yeah, and and Richard's got his hands up, sort of going, "Hey, it wasn't me." Um, but in Richard's hands 
was a birthday cake, but he was handing it to Yaya, and Yaya was saying, yeah, righto, but here's a red card for you, because you got eight of them in your career, which is the record. Yep. So they were sort of swapping, you know, backhanded compliments to each other, and the club thought that was a bit too, I don't know, just a bit too controversial, but, maybe, with the... But Yaya's cake does appear, of course. It is in Yaya's his locker. Yep. then placed up, up in the headlocker, just out of the way a little bit, yep. and the red card was taken out of his hand. But, no, there's some stories in there that I love. My favourite story is the Bert Troutman story. Obviously, yep. you know, what a, what a story. I mean, I can't believe that he won over the English uh, football world. Absolutely. You know? So soon after the Second after World the War. Second World War. And yep. for those who don't know, I'm sure most people do, but he was a German paratrooper who got captured and it was a prisoner of war in England and decided to stay. Now, how you go from there to being adored and loved by the football world of England. It's just amazing. But apparently he was just a man of enormous integrity. And people just come to realise he was a genuine man who just happened to be born in the wrong country. Um, but obviously his claim to fame is the 1956 FA Cup final where he um, was involved in a collision with an opposition player diving in to make a save. Got knocked unconscious, came to, played the rest of the game in agony with a very, very sore neck. Um, I think he kept a clean sheet, although or we, or the Man City won anyway. And then two or three days later, he still had a huge amount of pain in his neck and was revealed he had a broken neck. So I've got him well-deservedly sitting back in the locker with an ice pack on his neck, with his foot up on a bottle of champagne, with it, which is a 1956 vintage. I don't know whether you've noticed that. I, that, I didn't know. Brilliant. I didn't no. notice that. No. And that was Frank Swift, the, um, the keeper who came before him, who apparently had hands the size of frying pans, is giving him a, a very gentle neck massage and sort of saying, well done. Um, which, which, which leads on to the other story, which is about Frank, that when he retired, he became a journalist with News of the World and very sadly happened to be covering Manchester United in 1948 in the European Cup, I think it was. Yeah, 1958. 1958. 1958, sorry. And, um, and was on the plane, you know, uh, coming from Munich. So there is a, there's a reference. In his headlocker is a little newspaper of the news of the world, yeah. just in reference to his career and, and, and his sad demise. But, um, you know, and because that's it's the happy times and the sad times, isn't it, that make clubs history. It's not all about the fun stuff. It's about what everyone goes through to make this club what it is. And it's the personal stuff as well for me, and, and, and one that's particularly poignant because I lived through it. The, the wonderful late Helen Turner, who sat in the North Stand and, and rang her bell, um, who is just, just one of those iconic images of, of, of my youth, uh, and the fact that Joe Corrigan, before every game, would go and she'd give him a sprig of heather, and that sprig of heather, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional on myself here, that sprig of heather is in Joe's locker. And it's those sort of things, Jamie, that just, just bring this whole thing to life. And it, and it, it really is. It's absolutely magnificent. It really is a beautiful yeah. piece of work. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I, you know, uh, when I was at the club last week, they were telling me that Helen is the only person in the club that has no security tags, doesn't need any security passes. She can go anywhere she likes. And that place is like Fort Knox, you know, yeah. to get into with security you have to go through. But she she has free reign across the club. Uh, interesting that Steph Houghton makes an appearance as well. I'm just sort of making that point that a, a handful of years ago that that wouldn't be the case. That's uh, I think that's great as well that we've managed to get Steph, so we, we, you know, kissing the cup as well, which is just 
again, I think one of the amazing things that this club does, you know, we were one of the first, we've invested not just in this team, uh, but in the whole of East Manchester and of course in the women's team, which is now, uh, you know, a force to be reckoned with. So to have Steph there was, uh, is brilliant as well. I think that's a reference to, I mean, this is, this painting is about the past, present and the future. So, you know, that is probably reference to that as well, that, that the women's football is just be, going to become bigger and more significant as time goes on. Um, so, yeah. But uh, just, just going back to another little touch, which I like, which is when you're talking about Helen Turner, did you notice the teapot? I did. The tea lady. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With the rose, with the rose growing out of it. I think Wonderful. Rose the, tea, rose the tea lady's been at the club for, what, 50 years or more? Yep. Do you have a particular favourite? I mean, there's just so much to, to, to admire and enjoy, whether it's, you know, Zabba's bandaged head or, or, or company with another Premier League trophy, just that handshake with Billy Meredith and, and bringing those oh, two together, it. you know. Just, that's, that's the one for me. That's yeah, is the that the one? I love the, I love the Bert Trouton story, and there's lots of fun things in there. But I just love the idea of Vincent Company is reaching back through time. He's reaching across 125 years and shaking hands with Billy Meredith, who played in the in 1894 and was one of the one of the first great captains and superstars of the club. So they're the two bookends of, of champions reaching across time to shake hands, and that to me says this is the history. It's it's unified. It, it's it's a unified history that that celebrates all these moments and all these times and all these players, both on the pitch and off the pitch and around the club um, and those two join their hands together sort of unifies that entire history and I think well that's what the painting's about it's not the complete history of the club because as I said I'd have to do 20 paintings probably to get all those all that in but symbolically that's what it represents and when you look at it Jamie and and I'm sure this is a question you've been asked is there anything that if you had your time again uh, or anything in your head ah, that was a bit I always struggled with that bit and it didn't quite look the way I wanted it to what what are the bits you like least if you like and and the bits you might change but if I tell you then you're going to notice it all the time every time you look at the painting because there's a couple of things that are really wrong in there (laughs) technically (laughs) technically wrong and I can't tell you because then you're going to see it every time you look at it and go oh that's wrong <laughs> but, but it's something to do with it's something to do well see because I have to fit a lot of players into the change rooms I have to play with the perspective of the room so I have to open it right up so it isn't actually literal it isn't real to the actual club rooms it's sort of really stretched out and pushed up and down to sort of fit everyone I want in so that's that's probably. But the, but there are a couple of things. There are a couple of things in the picture that you still look at and say, "I didn't quite get that right." Well, I'm constantly looking at everything that's wrong in it because that's what I have to fix. So when when a painting's finished, I still go, "Oh man, I should have done that," and oh, I could have done that better. And is it a little bit too big? <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing that Mercer, the the, the four managers. Yeah. If you really look at them. They're too small. Like they, they look like they, they really should be about. If you actually look at the perspective of Frank Swift, isn't very much in front of those guys, really. Yeah. And I thought they were a little bit small. Okay. And I shouldn't be telling you this stuff. No, well, um, it's, this is good. I mean, with the, the, I, I, I will every time I look at it, I'll, th- I'll think of that now. They're like <laughs> hobbits. <laughs> so listen. What what are you working on next? What, any, anything else? Has this led on to other things in terms of uh, Manchester City? Have they got you working on other projects that we can look forward to seeing uh, in the future? Well, I, have, 
I have talked to them about, um, you know, well, this has been really well received and there's a couple of players that I really like in the well, there's a lot of players in the team that I like, but, um, you know, if Vincent, if and when Vincent finally, you know, pulls up stumps, I'll, wouldn't it be great to do a retirement portrait of him because he would be a great portrait because he's such a, I don't know, he's such a um, admired figure and he's such a gentleman, you know, and he's such a great leader. I just think it'd be a fantastic image I could create out of him as, you know, the ultimate leader of the club at the moment. So, yeah, there's other, there's other things. And I think, you know, as I said, the last two years have been really busy for me doing stuff, you know, as I said, with Real Madrid and uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Hull Kingston Rovers, the rugby league club there. I've done a dream scene for them. And Liverpool's 125th anniversary. Um, and I'm still chatting with a couple of other clubs about the possibility. Um, so, yeah, but I'm also very busy here. And I've also got to do another one for the Yankees next year. So it's kind of this whole idea of having players together from different eras is a really romantic idea. And it's what we sit around the pub and talk about. Absolutely. If only we had such and such, we're missing a guy at half back or we're missing this or that. And he, and to me as a football fan, I go, yeah, well, I can bring that to life. I can bring them all together and you can sit around and imagine what they would have talked about and imagine if these guys. So that whole idea has really sort of taken off and it's been really well received. Like, you know, the way it affects you when you're talking about it, that's how it affects me and that's why I started doing it. And everywhere I've done it, it, it connects with people. It resonates, you know, and um, so it's, you know, it's been, it's been well received everywhere. So, yeah, more work in the States I think is going to be coming up. And, and before we finish, um, the, the original painting itself, where, where is that? Where's the, the original painting, if there is only one? Or maybe there's more than one, I don't know. because, you see, the club didn't commission me to do the painting. They gave me the licence to produce the painting and to produce the prints. And they always said, you know, when you've finished it, we'll have a look at it. So I only finished it a month ago and I brought it over there. And when I got there on the Wednesday before the Newcastle game, the board members weren't there. So I brought it all the way across the world, hoping that the club would... And I said, you've got first option to buy it. And if you don't want it, then I'm sure some fan out there is going to want to, you know, it'll find a home. So they weren't there. And they said, look, we want to have it at the game at Newcastle. We want to show it to the fans in the executive lounges and all that. So that's what they did. And, of course, someone put their hand up to buy it. And I said to the club, you know, don't you want to have a chance to buy it? And they said, look, the board members aren't here till next Tuesday and then it's going to have to go through the board and it's going to have to be signed off and this and that. And you've got to buy it right there who says they want it now. So and what did they? What did they pay for it? Uh, Forty-three thousand pounds. Wow! So I said that's nine months' work. So that just pays the light bill, even though it <laughs> sounds like a lot of money. <laughs> and getting it over there, but but I'm glad to say that we're doing a life-size reproduction on canvas that's going to hang up at the club, so people will be able to see it. And of course, there are the reproductions that are for sale for, for people that. So that talk talk want. talk us through then how people can get hold of their their own copy then because as you say there's the canvas ones and there's prints available as well. So just just help uh, the listeners to to the show just understand how they can get their own copy. There's a couple of different versions. There's a there's a paper lithograph, uh, which is a coloured reproduction on paper, um, and that comes with a print of my pencil sketch of the painting as well and the 20-page colour booklet. 
and that's for 60 pounds. And then there's there's canvas reproductions, which are really beautiful high-end pieces. Um, and there's one at about 1.3 metres that's going for 500 pounds, so it's sort of up there. And then a larger one again, which is 1.8 metres long, which is 800 pounds. They're available from my website, if I can say it. Yeah, please. Uh, it's jamiecooperartist.com. Um, and that's all distributed from the UK, even though I'm in Australia. But you can also get it from the club online store and retail stores as well. And how can people follow you on social media as well? So obviously that you've given your website, but other places that people can follow you? Are you, are you on Twitter? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah I've, got a, I've got a Facebook page, which is Manchester City Dream Scene. Um, and also Jamie Cooper Artist. I've got a couple there. And I've got the same on Instagram, Jamie Cooper Artist or Manchester City Dream Scene. Jamie, it has been an absolute pleasure. I've had a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable time. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it to bits. And uh, I wish you lots of luck. And, and thank you very much for giving uh, your time up to talk to us today. It's my pleasure, Nigel. Nice talking to you. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.